Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and put a marker in Proverbs chapter 18. I'm excited to bring the word today. We're actually going to start a brand new series today on relationships. And I'm excited about it for a bunch of different reasons, but one of the main reasons is because I believe God wants us to have good relationships. He wants us to flow in our lives with good relationships and have great relationships, not just good relationships, not just sort of mediocre, one good relationship over here, one that's not so good over there, but across the board, good relationships. And so that's why we're doing this series. It's not a token Valentine's Day thing. I don't want it to be like that. I don't want any series in our church to be like that, some token thing that we just do. But really call on God and ask Him to speak to us as we open up the Word. But this series is going to be great. We're calling the series Together. And I believe God gave me that Word because it's all-encompassing. So it's more than just marriage. It's more than just dating. It's more than just singleness. Um, maybe coming out of a marriage, perhaps. There's lots of different relationships at different levels. But he gave me that word together because it encompasses everything. We do life together. We're, We're together in some capacity with someone in every different area of our lives. And so together is the name of the series. It's a brand new series. Um, but we as a house are believing that this will lead to healthier relationships. Um, can I just say it's better to get teaching in church on relationships than it is from the world? Can I just say that for a moment? Is that okay just to say? Because it's true. There's a lot of, lot of information out there. There's a lot of advice out there. The divorce rate in our country is twice what it used to be two generations ago, roughly. It's twice what it used to be. I want to hear from the Word of God when it comes to relationships. I don't want to listen to what the latest opinion is at all. So who wants a healthy life? Well, I believe every single person can have healthy life, healthy relationships. You have a world that's full of relationships, just so you know. A lot of people would like to be isolated at times, but the reality is, unless you're going to literally go and live on an island by yourself, no power, no electricity, completely off the grid, unless you're going to go do that, your life is going to be full of relationships. Relationships every which way you cut it. So a relationship, what is it? Well, it's simply this. The definition is that it's the way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected or the state of being connected. And then the definition for how we do relationships is defined this way. The way in which two or more people or groups regard and behave toward each other. We're constantly dealing with relationships. Every different angle, every different level in life. But here's the point. We can grow and we can get healthy in the area of relationships. From single people that are ready to mingle type of people. To married couples, people that have been married for decades, but also people that have been married like in our church. There have already been people in our church that have been married for a couple of years, got married in our church. And it's really, really cool to families and everything in between. But the theme is God wants us together to grow and be healthy. Healthy things grow. That's the truth. Healthy things grow. Things that are sick, things that maybe aren't 
healthy, they don't grow. They either stay, they grow stale or they begin to shrink. They begin to, to, to die off. And God wants our healthy relationships or our relationships to be healthy because he wants us to grow. He wants us to be the type of people who grow. So who's up for this series? Who's up for leaning into what God has on relationships? It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I'm starting it off, but Jill and I are going to do some stuff together and um, it's going to be great. I'm excited about it. So Philippians chapter 2, this is our headline passage for the series, kind of like our main text, but I'd love it if you could just observe the text and look at just the references to togetherness, references to life with each other. It's in uh, verse 1 of Philippians 2, and I'm reading from the message. It says, If you've gotten anything out of following Christ, at all of following Christ, if His love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside. Help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. I want to kick off the series with this uh, message that I'm titling, What's the Good Word? What's the Good Word? One of my first ever jobs, there was a guy that worked in the building of the company that I worked in. And he was kind of like the custodian for the building. He looked after, he was a maintenance guy and he was just a lovely guy. But every single day I would walk into the building, he'd say exactly the same thing. He'd be like, hey, Maddie, what's the good word, man? And every single day he would say the same thing. He'd say, what's the word? What do you got this morning? What's the fresh word? What's the new thing you're thinking? What's the, what's, the, uh, what's the word for the day? What have you got? What's the word today? Doesn't that apply so well to our Christian lives? To our spiritual lives? We need our daily word. The daily bread, we need our word. But he was talking about a word. What's a word you got today? And he was just trying to keep things fresh. But the reality is this. We have to be careful with our words. When it comes to relationships, our words do matter. When it comes to relationships, when we relate to other people, this is where I'm going with this. If you think about relationships, it's the way we relate to other people. How do we relate to people? Well, we relate several different ways, but one of the main ways is how we talk. One of the main ways is what we say. Pretty much the main way is how we speak to each other. So I want to talk about words this morning as it relates to our relationships. Is that okay? Proverbs 16 and verse 24, I just want to show you a few scriptures about what God has to say about words. In Proverbs 16 and verse 24, it says, Gracious words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 2 says, Do not be rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few, for a dream comes with much business and a fool's voice with many words. Proverbs 17 verse 27 says, whoever restrains his words has knowledge. And he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. There's something about our words. And I believe whether you've been a Christian for a long time or just a couple of days, this is an important thing to talk about. This is an important thing to, to preach messages on. This is an important thing 
for us to consider and be reminded of in our lives. It might be a refresh for you. Or you may have never heard this before. There's plenty of this new Christians in our church. Maybe you've never heard that your words actually have potential. Your words actually have an impact. Words matter to the people around you. What's the good word today? I don't know about you, but I want to be the type of person that when it comes to my words, that they have a good impact on people, not a bad impact on people. That's the type of type of life I want to live, but my words really matter. A little bit of truth this morning is that our words actually paint a very clear indication of where our heart's at. They provide a clear picture of where our heart, where someone's heart is at. Someone's negative all the time. Someone's always speaking down all the time. If someone's gossiping all the time. In Proverbs 18 and verse 8, listen to the way the message puts it. Listening to gossip is like eating cheap candy. Do you really want junk like that in your belly? (laughs) Our talk, our words, our speech tell the story of where our heart is at. And our words paint a perfect picture for where someone's heart is at. In Luke 6 and verse 45, we've all probably seen this scripture before, but it says the good person out of the good treasure of the heart produces good. And the evil person out of evil treasure produces evil, for it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. What my mouth speaks gives you a picture of what's really going on on the inside of me. It's pretty amazing that you can just, you can really find out where a person's at by just listening to them talk. It's something you kind of learn in ministry pretty quickly that the best thing you can do is just get someone talking. Someone's going through something or maybe there is something going on and they're not talking to you about it or they're not really being honest with you about it, but you know something's going on, just get them talking. (laughs) Just get them speaking. Get them using words because words paint a picture of what's really going on inside of me. I'd love it if you could write this down. The condition of my heart determines the story of my life. The condition of my heart determines the story of my life because my words have power, which means that as I use that power, I'm determining the course of my life. But it all begins in the heart. Jesus spoke about our words as meaning uh, in a way that every single word matters. Every single word. Let me show it to you in Matthew 12, verse 33. It's a different account in the gospel. It says, either make the the tree good and its fruit good, and he's speaking about the heart and words, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But he goes on and he says, the good person out of the good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person, out of his evil treasure, brings forth evil. But look at the account with words. He says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you'll be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. I'm not trying to have a point-the-finger type of morning at church, but our words matter. Our words absolutely matter to God. But this is what the enemy would love for you to think. This is what the enemy would love for us to believe. Eh, Words don't really matter that much. Words, it's just words, just words. And he would love for us to be the type of people that just say whatever we want. 
Say whatever comes off the top of our head. Just be very impulsive with our words. And be the type of person that just says whatever all the time. And then use the default, but, you know, that's not my heart. But the reality is the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. But we have to be careful with our words because the enemy would love for us just to fire off words. Just like fire them off at people and drag people down. Pull people down with our words. Always be cutting people down with our words. But the enemy would love to be like, it's just words. It's cool. It's cool. Just apologize. Just tell them that you didn't mean it. But the reality is every word counts. Every word matters. The world is obsessed today with free speech. Getting things right. Don't offend me. Don't say the wrong thing to me. But what about right speech? What about righteous speech? What about godly speech? Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6 says, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Words, talk, speech, it all matters to God. And it's something, when it comes to our relationship, can make all the difference in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen in a very quiet Sunday morning? But in our relationships, how differently would we approach them if we understood the power of our words, if we understood the impact that our words can have? Because our words absolutely matter. So point number one was words matter. Point number two is this, words carry the power of life or death. Proverbs 18 is a great chapter. I'd love it if you could turn there right now. I'm going to preach from this chapter for a moment in Proverbs 18. But the book of Proverbs, and it's amazing that this, this teaching and what God gives us comes so much out of the wisdom literature in the Bible. Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, the wisdom literature. And what God is trying to say is, I'm going to teach you about your words so you can live wise and you can have wise words. But our words carry the power of life and death. Proverbs 18, look at verse 4. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. Deep waters. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. Deep waters. It speaks to great potential. Great potential. Make no mistake, there is wisdom in your words. There is wisdom that can be applied through your words. And wise words will take you very far in life. Wise words will take you places in life. Being clever with your words, smart talk, holding conversation well. Even simply just being polite. Scripture talks about it. Even if you struggle with what to say, sometimes the key is not to say anything at all. Sometimes the good word is maybe no word at all. Right now. And just to wait. It's kind of funny, but look at Proverbs, uh, sorry, in chapter 18 and verse 13. It says, answering before listening is both stupid and rude. <laughs> Another scripture says that even a fool can look intelligent if he just keeps his mouth shut. <laughs> There's some wisdom right there. Feel like you don't have all the smarts up top? Just keep your mouth shut. People will think you're a genius. Words have the power of life and words have the power of death. What does that mean? They can build up or they can pull down. They can build up or they can drag down. They can be a positive influence in a person's life and they can be a negative influence in a person's life. But the choice is ours. What about the power of encouragement? 
encouraging people with our words. I think as parents, we need to be so careful with our words. Understand the account that will be given for our words, but understand as well that the power of the, word, the words we use, there's so, so much potency in our words as parents. When I discipline my kids, mostly my boys, I call them buddy, bud. But I look them in the eye and I just, you know, I click my finger sometimes just to get their attention here because they're always just like, <laughs> it's like, look at me. But I look them in the eye. Even when I'm disciplining them, I'm careful with my words. I never say things like, you're a bad boy. I never say things like, you can't do good or you're not doing good. But what I do is I use discipline to build them up, to use my words to lift them up. I say things like, you're awesome. You're a great you're a great boy. Daddy disciplines you because I want you to be a great man of God. I want you to learn. I want you to listen. I want you to obey God. I want you to obey God one day, so you're going to obey Daddy now. <laughs> but I use words that don't cut down, don't pull down, because there is, power, there is the power of life and there is the power of death in our words. And when I put courage in, which is all that encouragement is, I can do so with my words. You know, I believe there's a heavenly vocabulary that we can adopt when we think about our words. And what that's simply doing is drawing from a different well. If you think about your words as like a well, what are you drawing from? You're drawing from a well that's negative, a well that's intoxicated or contaminated? Or are you drawing from a well that's positive and builds up? So I'd love just to Pause in point number two and talk about five hallmarks of a heavenly vocabulary. What are some aspects of a heavenly vocabulary? Speech and language and words that line up with heaven, line up with the Word of God. Can we be the type of people that use that kind of vocabulary? Maybe some of us in here, we need a vocabulary transplant. Get rid of the old and just start speaking the new. But a few hallmarks of a heavenly vocabulary. Number one is it's always positive, not negative. Words that are positive not negative, always adding to things, always helpful in my words. You see how this can help our relationships? It's making sense this morning. Number two, hallmark of a heavenly vocabulary, always loving and always kind. Soft touch, thoughtful words, not abrasive words. Abrasive words that have rough edges on them, but rather words that are loving and kind. Number three, Third hallmark of a heavenly vocabulary, always building. You know, as a leader, I want to be the type of leader where my words build people. Building people. Saying things like, you're doing great. You're awesome. I believe in you. You can, you, you can do so great. There's so much potential in your future. God has got such a calling on your life. You're so anointed. You can do great things. You see what I'm doing? But my words are building. My words are not tearing down. Number four, words that are always honoring. Honoring words. Honoring people where they're at. It'd be so easy sometimes, maybe even you need to, to, to correct someone or, you know, sometimes in, in church leadership, sometimes we do have to correct people and rebuke people and say, hey, no, 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 this, that's, that doesn't line up. But we can honor people where they're at. We can also honor them by understanding their context. We can honor with the words that we use. And the last one that I got is always glorifying. A heavenly vocabulary that's always glorifying God. You think about that account that Jesus talked about. With your words, are they, are they 
honoring God. The type of thing where God could pull you aside and just say, let's have a little talk about that conversation right there. You know, it's kind of like you get with coach and he says to you, what happened there? What was all that about? Why did you say that? I want to have the type of vocabulary as a believer that's positive, loving, building, honoring, and glorifying God. And I believe we can. So point number two was that there is power. There's power of life. There's power of death in our words. And we've got to be careful with what words we use. But point number three this morning is words can change the world. Words can change the world. Listen to me, church. Your words can change your world. They can. You know, my words, they frame my world. They frame my world. If I have a constant word use that's just always pointing towards negativity, always pointing towards negativity, ah, oh, it's never going to work out, never going to measure up, ah, oh, that person, yeah, that, they'll never come through. I guess this is just my lot in life. Can you see how I quickly frame my world to be this small? But when I speak about God having potential in my life, when I speak about God adding things into my life, when I speak with a type of vocabulary and words that are building and lifting and have faith attached to them, all of a sudden my frame just grows bigger. Things look different. I can see more through my frame. But my words can change my world. I wonder what your words look like right now. If you're honest with yourself, are they negative? Can I just say, you're just ripping yourself off. You're ripping yourself off to the God potential because you're just shutting doors with your words. Sometimes with our words, what we do is we open the door to the enemy. We say things like, well, you know, I could never recover from that. If that person ever did that to me, by using our words, we're opening doors for the enemy. When in reality, we should be shutting those doors with faith words, with the type of words that shut the door. So the enemy can't get to my family because I have God in my life. I'm going to be successful because God is on my side. My words can frame my world. I wonder what type of words you're using right now. Proverbs 18 and verse 20 says, Words satisfy the mind as much as fruit does the stomach. Listen to this. Good talk is as gratifying as a good harvest. Verse 21, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. I love how God gives us the choice. He doesn't force our words. He doesn't force things to come out of us. But He gives us a choice. Poison that kills or fruit that nourishes your choice. Your choice of words, but God allows us to control our destiny with our words. So that begs the question this morning. I'd love to just ask this question to you. If it's poison that kills or it's fruit that nourishes, if the people around you, just think about this for a moment, if the people around you in your world, whether it's your kids, your family, your spouse, your workmates, your world, if your world was dependent on your words for nourishment, would they be happy and healthy and Full of health, or would they be malnourished and struggling to live? If you think about your words, the way that the Bible describes them, as being the type of thing that can add health but take health away, how nourished are the people in your world? How well off are they because of your words? 
What if they, de- they were dependent on your words for nutrition to survive? Would they be healthy and thriving or struggling and malnourished? Because here's the, here's the truth, friends. Our relationships can directly benefit from the words we speak. This is a series on relationships, but I don't want to skim this over at all. What kind of words are we using? What kind of words are we speaking? What kind of encouragement are we putting in? Is it encouragement at all? See, encouragement is one of the most beautiful things because there's never going to be a day in my life where I'll come home to Jill and I'll be like, you know what? I just had too much encouragement today. <laughs> you know what, honey? It's, it, was, it was a good day at church. You know, I worked hard. But you know what? I just got too much encouragement. People were just putting too much courage into me, lifting me up, helping me to see over the clouds. I'm never, there's never going to be a time where I'm going to say, you know what? I had too much encouragement today. Encouragement does so much for our souls. Encouragement does so much for our spirits. Words that build have such potential in our lives. I wonder what words you're speaking right now. If people were dependent on my words, would they be healthy or would they be malnourished? Would they be built up or would they be pulled down? Would they be better off because of my heavenly vocabulary or would they be worse off because of my words? You know, the way I wanted to finish this message is by saying this, Jesus changed the world with his words. In John chapter 6 and verse 63, it says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Jesus said these words, words like this. And this is just an example, but he said, I've overcome the world. He said, take heart. I have overcome the world. He spoke those words. He said, if any of you are weary, in other words, if you're struggling, if you can't do it, if you've come to the end of yourself, this is what Jesus said with his words, come to me. But we got that through Jesus' words. It was his words that changed my life. And it's his word today that I trust in and I hope in and ultimately my eternity is secure in. So I think when it comes to our words, friends, let's be the type of people that man up when it comes to words. Be confident when it comes to words. Be the type of people that think about these things but understand the power of our words. We live in a world today that doesn't think this way. It doesn't think the way the Bible says that we should about what we say. Would you stand with me? Come on, I want to pray for some people. But I want to also talk about the impact of words on a person's life. Because I want to pray for some people today. But if words have that kind of power, there may have been someone in your life that said something to you that really wounded you. Someone may have said something, it may have even been your parents, that just spoke over you negativity, spoke over you the words that pulled you down. Maybe there was a boss that you had one time that just mistreated you and spoke to you a certain way, used words that didn't build you up at all, but left you feeling insecure, left you feeling like there was a void in your life. I want to pray for you today because this is the truth. Those words didn't come from heaven. They weren't heaven's vocabulary. They weren't the words that God wanted to be spoken into your life. 
But I don't think we should go a single step forward in life if that has been... Is that a sound effect? God? But I want to pray for you because if something's been spoken over your life today and it's caused you to maybe be insecure, and let's be, let's, let's be honest, life is real. We face things all the time. We go through, through things all the time. But if a word's been spoken over you that was negative and pulled you down and held you back, I don't want you to live with that anymore. And here's the deal. God doesn't want you to live with it anymore. God wants you to live free and whole and healthy. Healthy relationships, walking forward, healed, whole. He's already saved you, but He wants you to walk free. So I wonder if those words have been spoken over you. And I wonder if maybe because of that, there is insecurity. Maybe there's fear not to, to step out and have faith and move forward because of those words. Literally, those words are now holding you back. Or maybe once those words caused offense. You know what offense does? It just robs you of the promises of God because it's what offense does. It's a stumbling block for you to get to what's next. And let's not be the type of people that allow someone else's words to stop us getting from where God wants us to go. So I'd love to pray for you. If you you could bow your heads right now, I want to pray for you. Have you had words that have been spoken over you that weren't healthy? Have you had words that have been spoken over you that were negative? That truly had an impact? Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would just reveal that to people. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you would reveal to people maybe an area that some words had an impact once, that wounded, that hurt, that's now holding them back. If you feel like that's you this morning, just lift your hand. No one's looking around. I want to pray for you. You're saying, yeah, I want to leave that today. I want that dealt with today. I want the Holy Spirit to fill me today. Amazing. Lots of hands going up. We're honest and open before God. He comes in. So Lord, I just pray right now, Father, for every single hand that's raised. God, I just thank you that you do want to heal people. Father, I just thank you that your Holy Spirit works in the lives of your people. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would come into people's hearts, that you would come into people's minds, that you would come into our souls and our emotions in any area where there's weakness, there's there's fear, there's a spirit of fear, there's a spirit of offense, even bitterness or unforgiveness that's been harbored, God. I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, you would come in, you would do what only you can do. Take down barriers, remove things that shouldn't be there. Help us to live free, God. Help us to live a life that's open, living the wide open, spacious life you've got for us, Lord. I pray against any words, any attempt of the enemy that's tried to rob in the past. Lord, we leave that today. We stand on the name of Jesus today. And we thank you for everything you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at colonialchurch.life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.